You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Electromagnetic therapies are becoming recognized throughout the world as evidence-based medical treatments. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and with me today is Dr. William Pollock, former assistant professor of Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, Hygiene, and Public Health, board-certified family practitioner, practicing in both Canada and the U.S., and Dr. Pollock holds a Master of Science in Clinical Epidemiology and Healthcare Evaluation, and is a leading expert and author on electromagnetic therapies. Today, we're discussing the basic concepts of magnetic fields and electromagnetic fields in medicine. So what exactly are we talking about when we discuss magnetic fields? Basically, all life is oriented around and driven by and controlled by, if you will, electromagnetic fields. The most obvious ones that we're familiar with, of course, is light. But then, you know, modern times, of course, we're also exposed to other types of magnetic fields. Electromagnetic fields is probably a better term. And that is cell phones, radios, televisions, the wiring in our homes, etc. All of those produce magnetic fields. So our entire ambient environment is saturated with various types of electromagnetic fields. The Earth itself, of course, is a huge DC or static magnet. And in fact, our entire biology has evolved inside that envelope of uh, magnetic fields. In fact, there's research that indicates that the effects of time-varied magnetic fields are fields that are not static, that are basically in motion or are pulsed or tend to come and go or will vary, don't work on biology unless there is the DC field present as well. And in fact, actually, we're, we're discovering in space missions that the absence of the DC field of the Earth creates other biologic effects, or at least deterioration of certain biologic effects, when again, there is that absence. So we, we are, as an organism, are extraordinarily dependent on the EMFs around us, or the electromagnetic fields around us. That's just in terms of our basic living and life. But in addition to that, of course, we can look at these and think about them from a therapeutic perspective or a clinical, practical perspective. Yes. Is there a difference between these ambient fields in the environment and the types of fields that interact with our biology? Well, there are some differences only to the extent of the way that they may be applied to the body. Again, MRI is a really good example. Here's a specific type of set of fields that are combined both a, a huge static magnetic field, but then that static magnetic field grabs the protons in the body, and then it's pulsed at a very high frequency rate to allow those protons to oscillate. That process then allows uh, images to be captured where you can look at the water density or hydration densities of the, the different tissues of the body. And from that, you can differentiate normal from abnormal once you've categorized what's normal. So specific types of frequencies, specific types of fields can be used with specific clinical indications or applications. Although in general, electromagnetic fields do affect calcium metabolism in the body and calcium flows out of the channels in the cell. So virtually every cell can be affected by all the fields around us. But if you apply a particularly strong field, as in an MRI, then you will get specific effects. And then you can do specific types of treatments based on those effects. Could we take a step backward for a minute and ask, what is the relationship between an electrical field and a magnetic field 
as our biology is concerned. That is a confusing terminology that's sometimes used by people. Basically, if you apply current to the body through a wire, that current is electrical. In other words, it can actually harm tissue, can lyse tissue, can burn tissue. On the other hand, if it's very weak, for example, microcurrent, which is in the milliamp range or the microamp range, it will uh, stimulate processes in the cell without actually causing lysis or breakdown of the cells. Stronger currents, of course, and are used in medicine as well to burn warts, for example. Lasers are a good example of a, an electromagnetic field using coherent light that can actually burn tissue. So it's used to very precisely be able to burn and cauterize tissue at the same time that it's actually cutting in a sense. When you have a wire passing underneath a person or around a person like a coil, even though the wire is insulated, that person may be insulated from the electric field effect, in other words, from being burned. But at the same time, that wire is producing a magnetic field. And that's called the Hall effect. So the magnetic field, and it's subject to something called the right-hand rule. So all wiring basically produces a magnetic field. The extent of the magnetic field will depend on the strength of the current flowing through that wire. All electromagnetic fields that we apply in medicine, practically speaking, are applied or generated by passing electricity through coils or through wire. Okay, so we can separate the electrical piece from the, from the magnetic piece simply by insulating the wire, and the person doesn't get subject to an electrical field. So when you think about electrical fields, you have to think about whether you're talking about direct electrical stimulation of the tissue, and at the same time while that's happening, you're getting the magnetic effect. Let me give you an example. There was a paper written not too long ago about using electric pads, uh, heating pads, to help people with back pain. And the author, I think, incorrectly concluded at the end that the benefits that they found were all attributable to the heat that was generated by the pad. What happens, though, is the heat doesn't penetrate very deeply into the body, but the electrical fields produced by the pad can. In fact, they can penetrate the entire volume of the body over the area where the, the pad was applied. So you really can't separate sometimes these effects of heat versus the effects of the magnetic fields. And most of the benefits of many of these patients may well have been just from the magnetic field effect and not from the heat itself. So every place there's a magnetic field, there's an electrical field and vice versa? No, it's the other way around. Everywhere there's an electrical field, there's a magnetic field. Electrical fields can be generated in the body by virtue of passing a magnetic field through a body, through the tissue. Okay, that's called the Faraday effect. So when you pass a current or you pass a magnetic field through the body, it interacts with the charge carriers in the body to actually generate charge, to generate current. Now, it's extremely low amplitude or low intensity current, but nevertheless, it's current. And that current can be used by the body then to enhance healing processes or where things have gotten stuck in terms of the healing. A really good example of that is non-union fractures. I'd like to just take a moment here and, and let our audience know that if they've just joined us, they're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and we're speaking today with Dr. William Pollock, physician, scientist, and author, and an expert on magnetic and electromagnetic field therapies. We are talking about basic concepts in electromagnetic fields and how they're used in medicine. Please continue, Dr. Pollock. Well, let's try 
try to pick up where we left off before. What is the difference between a pulse magnetic field or an electromagnetic field and a direct or DC magnetic field? A static magnetic field or a DC field, there's many terms that are, that are used, and so sometimes that becomes confusing. You can talk about a permanent magnetic field, a DC field, or a static magnetic field. That means the magnetic field is present constantly. It's there just absolutely continuously. The Earth's magnetic field is a good example of a DC magnetic field. A fridge magnet, for example, placed on the body is basically a permanent magnet that is placed and held in place in one spot. That would be a DC magnetic field. Now, if you take that fridge magnet and you push it towards and pull it away from the body with your fingers or your hand recurrently at some rate, let's say every second you put it towards it and take it away, well, that magnetic field produced by that DC magnet will penetrate into the body and will move away from the body. That basically becomes a, a pulsating magnetic field as well. So you can do the same thing with current by passing current through a wire at a specific frequency. So, for example, the wiring in our homes or the wiring from a telephone. If you take a very sensitive magnetic field tester, you'll be able to see that it's going to pulsate at a specific frequency. In the case of the wiring, it's going to be 60 cycles per second. The difference between them in terms of the biologic effects is magnetic fields penetrate through the body completely with ease. They are not attenuated by the body. They're not used up by the body. That's another distinction between electrical field stimulation and magnetic field stimulation. Electrical fields tend to get absorbed by the resistance in the tissues, primarily through the fluids in the body, whereas nothing stops a magnetic field, not even bone. So the magnetic fields then have the therapeutic potential to be able to penetrate the entire volume. And when you're dealing with an organ, for example, like the liver or the lungs, that's a tremendous advantage. So there are healing implications for these. Absolutely. Absolutely. And science is discovering more and more and more of those kinds of healing applications. So tell us something about how an electromagnetic field can really interact with tissue in a healing way. Well, let's go back to that idea of the field passing through the body. And as it passes through the body, it creates all kinds of biologic effects. One of the primary and most basic biologic effects in the body is to open membrane channels, cellular membrane channels. There are over 200 membrane channels. One of the most important in terms of, of magnetic field effects is calcium channel. So calcium ions have been shown to be able to move through into a cell and out of a cell much more effectively with exposure to a magnetic field. If you take a cellular preparation, a cell culture preparation, and you put a magnetic field in it, you can test the intracellular and the extracellular calcium concentration. If you then put a calcium channel blocker into that culture prep, you'll begin to find that the calcium does not migrate into the cell. In other words, the calcium channel is blocked, and the magnetic field effects then are decreased. They don't work as well. So that's one of the major actions. And of course, if you open up all the membrane channels, the sodium-potassium pump works better. The cellular membrane actually becomes softer. The phospholipid membrane of the cell becomes softer. So in disease processes, we know that charge tends to build up on the outside of the cell largely because the, the channels and the pumps are inhibited. And so you don't get an adequate efflux of the metabolic waste out of the cell, but you don't get ingress into the cell of the electrolyte and the food, the nutritional elements that you need to be able to make the cell healthy and function normally. 
Are there dangers associated with electromagnetic fields for the body? For magnetic fields specifically, they do not generate heat. Okay, that's been one of the concerns about magnetic fields is that they would generate heat. But we're finding more and more and more that that's just not the case. So electrical fields and very strong light therapies can generate heat, and they're used for that purpose. As we said, they're used to cauterize tissue. Magnetic fields, low-intensity, low-frequency magnetic fields don't do that. High-frequency, high-intensity magnetic fields like microwaves can in fact, heat tissue, and we know that. We put food into microwaves for that reason, to heat it. Thank you, Dr. Pollock. I'm Dr. Laura Humphrey, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I want to thank Dr. William Pollock, who's been our guest today, and we've been discussing basic concepts of magnetic and electromagnetic fields in medicine. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.